Welcome to another episode of Carnival of Randomness. I'm Rob, and this week we're coming to you from an undisclosed graveyard. We're waiting for the appearance of Dead Fat Elvis from his crypt. And I don't know where the heck he is. He's, at. He's like pulling the great pumpkin out of Zach. You want to watch some Charlie Brown while you're waiting? Charlie Brown's an asshole! Well, anyways, we weren't going to talk music because we don't have him. We're very lucky to have a very talented musician with us, Mr. Tommy Francis. Hey, hey, hey. And Tommy, you're involved in a lot of bands, so if you'd like to go through them a little bit. Take uh, all right, I'm a part of a lot of bands, and by the way... That is my uh, name to avoid drama online. Real name's Thomas Walsh. But, um... Why'd you disclose well, ruin, it? <laughs> ruin that now. Ruin that. That's why I know, we use it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I play in about four local bands. Um, Grease Creepers, first of all, where I'm fat at Elvis on stage. We'll be coming out of the crypt around Halloween to release our second album. Uh, we got Straight Johnny and the Gash Goblins. Uh, basically a, a band against snowflakes. And then we got, uh, let's see, Wilksy and Crump. Wilksy and Crump uh, is a good old indie band that's been around forever. And then finally, The Bobs, for all your subgenius needs. Well, actually, Rob told me about that, and I was going to find uh, The Bobs, and apparently they're not, there's nothing out yet. Nope. Because the only The Bobs I could find was some middle-aged... Soft jazz band from Seattle. <laughs> Which isn't you guys. And I was and I'm thinking to myself, like, that probably isn't them. But how would you describe the Bob's music? Because I couldn't really. I said there was a little Devo, yeah, there's a little yeah. I, I, I we, we we say we're Devo inspired dad rock that's played way too fast. <laughs> so you wear, you wear little hats. And we wear little hats and Yarmacus? we talk weird and what? Yamakas? Yamakas? Those are little hats. Uh, little or, did you, or did you go to the Shriners and steal the fezes? Uh, we, we went even smaller. Uh, we decided to uh, wear nothing but tiny little, like, sad birthday party hats. You know? Oh, those yeah, are the yeah, best. Yeah. Little dunce caps. Yes, it's the bobs, man. What else do you need to know? <laughs> I mean, there's silly string involved, confetti, so awkward conversation. No open flame at the bob shows. No, no, no open flame. Those. Although, straight Johnny, that's completely expected. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I caught... Uh, a little bit of a straight Johnny, and at first I'm looking at it like, what the hell? Oh, I get it now. Yeah, I saw your gig recently, and I, oh, this is it. And then you're talking, you basically went to a time warp. Yep, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, we're, we're doing fake, fake, terrible 1970s British punk through the, the terrible accent of a Rochesterian trying to be... Uh, Johnny Rotten. It, it's a, it's a fun time. Which which made it all the better, especially <laughs> considering the, what was the song of it? All about me. All was about the, me. Yes, I need a safe space. Yeah, me. I need a safe space. Like that offends me. Yeah, great time. And I was like, you know what? This is the anthem of the snowflake generation. Yeah, but you know, come we, on, internet, bring it on. I don't fear you. We don't fear you either. You see, the brilliance of the band is we all dress as women because we could identify as whatever gender we want. And you use a good accent. Mm-hmm. An excellent one. But one of the things that stuck out when I saw you is you almost had a mascot. You had this tippler from Ireland, and you wrote a song about him. What's the story behind him, the 39 points a day? So if you ever go on Reddit, you'll know that there was a meme called Patty Losty, and it was this actual excerpt from a Dublin like tourist guide with this picture of this horribly obese man with these like sunken, drunk eyes, and it says... 
Paddy Losty, one of Dublin's greatest pintmen, who would pound down 30 or more Guinness in a night. And uh, to our surprise, this guy ended up being real. Somebody actually did the research and found out that he was a Smithfield cattleman, and he would literally drink 30 or more Guinness every day after work. I guess the one thing I want to know, how the hell do you afford that? I mean, he must have been making that cattleman money. One of the things <laughs> I think is he becomes a local celebrity and people buy him drinks, maybe. That maybe. Could be, like, yeah. I bought a pint for the for the drunken cattleman. You gotta grab a pint with Patty. Yeah, sorry, Ireland. <laughs> uh, I they apologize. couldn't give him freebies. He's been part of business. I can't even do it, so I'm not going to. Patio furniture. Because you were sort of playing. I thought it's like, you being like a female Johnny Rotten up there. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good time. We don't really advertise that band out of uh, concern for our careers, namely me. But, uh, you know. Well, you that was the full name Straight Johnny. Yeah, we are here. The there goes the job. The full Straight Johnny and the Gas Goblins? Straight Johnny and the Gas Goblins. I was calling goblins. you the Gas Goblins for a long time. It's like you eat too many burritos or something. The funny story behind that name is that I came up to the guys and I went, hey, I want to start a band when I just do three-chord punk and I get to scream and run around the audience like the olden days. And they're like, all right, well, what do you want to call it? I said, Straight Johnny. And they're like, why is that? I was like, well, we're going to get in a lot of trouble if we don't act the certain level of ridiculousness. we got to dress completely as women. we got to sing about nothing but homosexual eroticism. And then they're like, wait a second there. Why? And I was like, because people are freaked out by it. Have you been called to play Tilt yet? Uh, we're in the works with a couple of the gay bars. But the best part is that the guys were like, well... I'm okay with dressing as women and in corsets, but we have to have the name be the Gash Goblins so they know we're straight. I'm like, all right, buddy. Yes, Whatever but, makes you feel good in the makeup. Because that's 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 <laughs> going to make all the difference in the world. But it's fun, though. That's the thing about it. It's anybody, get over it. It's just, it's just fun. See them. It's it, the it, genre. It, yeah. it smacks to me of a punk band I heard of from my cousin, Hunks and His Punks. Hunks and His Punks I was gonna is say, an you excellent have, band. It's this very flamboyant Lead singer, oftentimes in rather risque clothing. I'm talking like assless chaps. Oh yeah, he's, and he's got he's these full on. He's authentic, man. And he's got these two huge women to play guitar and drums. And the weird thing, it's not a novelty. They're actually quite good. Well, it's literally mm. Igor. Quite have you seen Igor and the Red Elvises? Igor and the Red Elvises. Nope. They're sort of like that, where it's they're just fun. And right now, there's two women. They have these guitars. They're huge triangles, and they have one of them called Bacon. And they're surfing with the alien Ukrainian yeah. polka. They're yeah, you, all over you, the place. You've given me their albums. They, they are, I can't do Ukrainian polka. And they always go, yeah, "Thank you very much." They're quite good. I, I do dig Igor and the Red Elvises. I gotta look that. Up. Gotta catch them. They play around here a lot. Nice. So I expect that message from you as soon as they're in town. Oh, they will be. This they come around. They always change. But Ryan likes them a lot. Ryan Hurley, who's part of the Creepers. Fastest and best bass player, I'll say it, in the entire East Coast. All right? If you don't believe me, go out and see the Grease Creepers if you're in the neighborhood. They were basically a Rochester-only band. But he plays in 1916. Great touring band from Rochester that's uh, Irish, uh, Irish punk, right? Yes. They're all the time in Flog and Molly, Dropkick Murphys. They did the punk uh, cruise, what's it called? Um, punk cruise, I think. Something like that, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're playing, they're playing at Fringe Fest. Check them out when they're playing. They're playing a couple days at Fringe Fest. Fastest and we might as well fingers. talk Grease Creepers. Where did this concept come up with? So Grease Creepers. I did not know that Psycho Billy was a genre. 
I didn't. I was naive. I was playing out with Wilksy still and kind of doing my indie punk thing. And I said, I have a great idea that no one's ever thought of before. I'm going to sing like Elvis over fast punk music. And then my good friend Colin, who's the drummer of the band, grabs me. Hi, Colin. What's up, Colin? Uh, We might have summoned him. But uh, I'm checking the rafters. He's a killer clown from Outer Space fan, so he's cool in my book for all I'm saying is you got to get him for your horror episodes because he's a thesaurus on horror. But anyways... A horrorsaurus? A horrorsaurus. A thesaurus. Wait. Nope. Nope. Never mind. <laughs> uh, okay. Back to the story. Recovery time. Yes. Um, so I thought I came up with some completely unique and amazing idea. I didn't even know the cramps existed. I didn't know about the stray cats. I didn't know about... Meteors, any of the big ones, Quakes from Buffalo, all these great bands, Necromantics. So I'm like, I'm I really. I saw in. them actually. You saw Necromantics? I saw the Necromantics at this club across the street from Cleveland State University. Yeah, it was. I it, I was out visiting my cousin, and he said, "Hey, you want to go to a punk show?" I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah." It was a. Uh, God, I can't remember who else was on the bill, but I remember the Necromantics. They're they're the best of the genre by and far. And they were. It was a rocking show. Oh, yeah. And the coffin bass and everything. Yeah, it's awesome. The, I love Ryan's bass. Destroyed. With, Ryan's bass with the spiders on yep, it. Homemade. Ryan Hurley. We'll do another plug for Ryan Hurley. He'll be on eventually. Hurley pickups. They're the best uh, pickups you could get to electrify a bass. Uh, don't go to anyone else. He has his own website, his own business. He works mainly with most psychobilly bass players from across the country. So if you want that awesome rockabilly sound, nobody else to go to than Hurley Pickups. And now, because of this free plug, you are contractually obligated to join us one day. Ooh. You will be. One of the things I found when I saw the Creepers come out was we needed a band like that around here. We didn't have somebody in that genre. Yeah, because don't you advertise as Rochester's only psychobilly? <laughs> yep. Which I think is is true. I think it's accurate, yeah. And I, I've heard beyond many times that singer sounds like Lux and you actually got a gig out of it because of a bar (laughs) yeah so so my Elvis impression which is why I'm not doing right now uh, ends up sounding thank you very much for that (laughs) sounds verbatim like Lux interior I get all the time from uh, the cramps so uh, yeah I, I sound like Lux when I sing hopefully you'll hear it at the end of this I mean that's a big claim you could be the judge you could Rip me apart if you want to. The other one I've heard, and I can't substantiate because I haven't seen him enough, is you look like the lead singer of Queens of the Stone Age. Ooh. Ooh. Now, that's a compliment. Uh, I'll take that. I don't know. I'm, I've never I'm seen str- him. I'm struggling. You can look I've like anybody on, on the things, podcast. You can't see us. Uh, so. Josh Ami. Look him up. I've listened to him, and I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, but, you know, Queens of the Stone Age, pretty sweet band. I have a funny story about a connection between where... Well, that that's a, that's that's a whole nother story. You could tell it though. <laughs> it's just it basically goes without disclosing where I work that I, I discovered that the uh, the school counselor at where I work ended up being part of a band called uh, Half Cocked that was like getting really big in the early two thousands and they had like their biggest thing was the song that was a cover of Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar, um, who does Bad Reputation? Uh, Joan Jet. Jet. Joan Jet. There we go. Different one. Does a cover of that. It's in the Shrek movie, the first Shrek, and they got like really big, and then the band dissembled. Oh, that was okay. Right? Yeah. But what she ended up doing is she ended up working at like the record studios as like the secretary. So she like knows all these people personally. And I like, you know. Uh, was, excuse me, Street Johnny. I believe it is administrative assistant. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm so sorry. Uh, PC is not my thing. 
But uh <laughs> <laughs> now use a Mac usually. Oh, oh my god. The point being, you never know who's connected to what in these small connections in life. It's mind blowing. Apparently, that's one of her good friends is uh, Josh Ami. That that is yeah. really. It's and one of those really random things. Now you right? me. I have to tell the story because you mentioned Joan Jett. My friend, right. this was in high. Ready? This was in high school. My friend used to work at a McDonald's, the McDonald's and Gates. So they're cleaning up. This is after Joan Jett played here, and somebody comes up to the drive-through. Well, we want a Sunday. Well, sorry, we're closing. And then we hear the years, but Joan Jett wants a Sunday. And I guess she likes the caramel ones. I'll tell you. It's <laughs> but I guess she got a bad reputation to doing that then because she oh, would come when they closed. Bad. Get used to these. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will tell you, if, if you're working at a drive-thru and Joan Jett says she wants a Sunday, you get her a goddamn Sunday. That's all I'm saying. But from McDonald's? Doesn't matter. It's going to be the best dang Sunday from McDonald's ever yeah, exactly. made. They'll, they'll run out to uh, Baskin Robbins and get one. <laughs> now, Will Slee and Crump, that was the first band I saw you in. Was that your first band? Uh, my, my. I always pronounce the name wrong. I want to call you Ratchet and Clank or Orrick and Crank from the Margaret Atwood thing, so forgive me if I screw it up. Well, no, you nailed it. I mean, like, we're, we're, we're recording live from a P- Pittsburgh uh, suburb in Rochester, New York, and we all went to Nazareth College down the road from here. And there is a building right there in the middle of Pittsburgh that says Wiltsy and Crump on it. Oh, where is it? I've um, never seen it. Mm. Our um, impaired uh, college minds went, oh, my God, let's put an X in the name, and it will be so cool like fish. And we ended up being a punk band. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) It's one thing I've noticed with all your bands is a touch of theatricality. Everybody, you don't just go on in your jeans. You always dress up for something. Are you influenced by anybody for that, or has it just come to you as sort of doing a concept? Uh, I have crippling anxiety. I know you guys probably won't guess that by meeting me, but, like, I get really socially anxious, and, you know, usually I can find uh, security in a glass, but that's not always the best thing to do. So I eventually started dressing up for bands because... You could act any way you want if no one recognizes you. Well, there's a true story. Speaking of Lux Interior, I knew people who knew him, knew him and I, and you would think this guy, I saw him one time, he's wearing high heels, climbing speakers. Off stage, you're very shy. So mm-hmm. it's almost like putting on an act. It's a good way to not be you, I guess. Yep. Music for me is therapy. It's not about like showing off and being like, look at me, all my friends, look at me. It's all about me. But, um... Huh. Plug. <laughs> plug. I need a safe space for all this. Uh, that offends me. But, um... <laughs> see the band. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's all music is for me. I, I, I write songs in my free time. I get up on stage. I scream at people for about a half an hour in a musical way. And then I feel better about my life. And if I dress up while doing that, it's a lot better. And right. on top of that, they pay you for it. And one thing and I, I get, get out of it, it, too, is all all the gigs I've seen, they're all fun. And that's what music's supposed to be. It's to have a good time. You flatter me, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, half good time. Ah, there you go. That's Somebody dropped like over outside while you were playing the other week. I don't think it was doo-doo. Remember oh, the no. number? You didn't see it. Somebody keeled over outside. I don't think it was because of the music. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, if it's for the Grease Creepers, it's only fitting if people are dropping over dead. This is for Johnny. <laughs> no, it's for Johnny. Yeah, it was somebody. I'm you looking offended out the them window. so bad. I'm looking out the window and I see these cherry lights. It's an ER thing. And I guess like, I asked outside, somebody dropped over out there. Oh, man. Probably because they weren't listening to the music or to revive them. We usually attract some colorful uh, regulars from the bar when you're doing fun, crazy music. And uh, at Monty's Crown which is no longer Monty's crown. 
Um, you always the Rosen get Crown. <laughs> probably the most colorful regulars. I love that bar. Another plug, but uh, the their regulars uh, they they go hard. So I'm not a I'm not a surprise someone's dropping over in the parking well, lot. That brings up a question because you played a long time. Craziest gigs? Like you have a story where something just went nuts or somebody uh, in the audience was out of their mind. I got a dark story. Um, Excellent. The, the last gig I ever played with Wilkes and Crump. Wilkes and Crump's over. Sorry, people, but you can still find the music online. Hey, if you demand it, we'll come back. But um, the last gig we played before my drummer, best friend from college, uh, he just moved back recently, but he was moving out to Germany perfectly. He said, or per- perfectly. He was moving out to Germany permanently. There's the word. Um, and we were doing like a big show to just like celebrate the band that's been around for like three years. I write too much music, and we were trying to go through the whole discography as like a one-band show, which is a rare thing to do when you're playing lively punk music. You know, half an hour, we're off. Well, we were trying to go for like two huge sets. So we make it through the first one, and we have a break in the middle because we need to take a breather, go to the bar, we're having fun, and some crazy guy, like just literally nuts, um, that was talking to us the whole time, wanted to go up on stage and rap a song by Future. And if you don't remember what the song was, it was a couple years ago, it was the Percocet, Molly Percocet. Very terrible oh, music. God. Oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was, like, good the first time I heard it, and then I was like, oh, God, shut it up. But um, guy gets up and starts rapping that song. Must have had a few drinks or something. Um, and I asked him to get off the stage. I was like, dude, we're going back on stage. Give me the back of the microphone. Because you can't just take the microphone off stage and rap where no one wants you to ever perform. I don't know what the guy was thinking. So I kick him out. Now he comes back with his clearly intoxicated, like, like destroyed friend, gauges, tattoos, but like four foot five, because clearly he's trying to compensate. Just saying. Um, comes in, they start like screaming at me. He's like, You can't kick him off stage, blah, blah. I'm like, I can. I'm the performer. Get off my stage. Well, something happens. He pushes my friend's 65-year-old mother, who's trying to talk them away, because she is a, a strong, wonderful woman, but uh, she she also doesn't know uh, when not to get in someone's face. We have these crazy people. Pushes them, and I, against my better judgment, um, you know, go into the crowd, and I try to deal with the situation, and they end up throwing punches and things. Now... I don't want to start a problem. So I just throw up my hands and I say, I'm done. Don't fight me. Bouncer grabs one of them. The other guy comes back, steel toe boots, and kicks in my face. I had to have 22 stitches on the side of my mouth because I looked like the Joker. I had the Joker smile going. My teeth cut through my cheek. And, you know, now I'm beautiful now. Right? Right? So thank you, Strong I remember Hospital. because I was heading down to that show and... Hi, Alicia. One of my friends was there, and she was coming out of the bathroom, and she saw you. She said, Tommy, oh, you're all bloody and everything. Oh, my God. But the one thing, yeah. you turned into a positive. You wrote a, wrote a very good song about it. I did, didn't I? What song? Haunt You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't remind you. I'm an honorary creeper. Well, that just That is exactly what that song's about. Good job. Yeah, You've so the, passed the test. Yeah, so it turns out the crazy guy was a guy on drugs and on parole, and crazy oh, shit could happen a at great a bar. Because I've heard stories right about, he I've heard stories back in the day, they would mismatch these bands at the Penny Arcade, where this one new wave band opened for Cheap Trick. And oh, that's come, amazing. And they threw, and Cheap Trick loved them. This was, Cheap Trick was coming up, and I guess they, they pelted them with bottles. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. That's why I want to be a drummer, because at least you could duck it. Chicken wire? 
Yeah, like the Nobody Blues Brothers. There it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever see the Blues Brothers? There's a scene where they lie about being a country band called the Good Old Boys. Yeah. They play, they got <laughs> chicken, and everybody's pelting him with bottles. We like both kinds of music, country and western. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, that was good. Then the Good Old Boys show up late. Yeah. Joel, you, you, we owe you $300. You drank $400 worth of beer. Yeah. Yeah, it's about how that usually goes. That 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 movie's a little more accurate than most people recognize. That's actually a thing. You know what? Why not debut that? We're going to ask people sometime randomly to come on who are in a real profession to talk about a movie. How was the Blues Brothers in terms of music for accuracy, as far as you're concerned, from your experience? Uh, in terms of so, so music? Well, anything. How the thing portrayed bands, oh everything God. else. It's just, you know, your standard story about, like, some random people trying to be, like, musicians, and then you end up playing weird gigs. I mean, like, my the one I'd say is actually more accurate than even that is Spinal Tap. <laughs> I've heard that. I heard, I heard, Get actually, lost I'm going to pull out some name dropping here, and I've heard always that it's not really good to name drop. My friend Bono told me that. Uh, one time, <laughs> yeah, Blue, Phil Bono, he works at the gas station, right? Yeah, one time Blue Cheer played here, and I met Dickie Peterson, who was... Really interesting guy. He's telling me all these stories, and he said, I've never seen Spinal Tap, but I got a feeling we're living it. And I saw a <laughs> Judas Priest concert one time where they started in pods, and Rod, Rob Helfer got stuck in the pod and started singing, just like in Spinal Tap. Awesome. Oh, and I, and I, I've been to signings where nobody showed up. Oh, that's just sad. Yeah, we don't have fans, so we never have to deal with that. No. Oh, well, there you go, then. Well, I think, I mean, I've always seen your, you get good crowds for your shows. Yeah. It's basically Rob just, like, sitting there, like, going nuts. And uh, well, he I usually has a few, up. so the double vision turns into, like, Well, he, he runs back and forth, so it sounds like there's a, a lot mm-hmm. of people. As I say, I give the stamp of approval. Ask around. Every band knows me. He uh, actually gets a microphone and an amp and puts a delay effect on his claps, and it sounds like a whole audience. <laughs> so there's a tip for you guys. <laughs> Pro tip. One Pro thing tip. I was going to ask is there was a band I knew years ago. It was called the Rat Kings. It might be Lotus STP. They changed their name a lot. They had a song called Queen of England. And what it was about, it was a true story. When one of, when the person who wrote it was a kid, he went down the street. He knew these kids, and their mom had some issues. So they go in the house, and he asks around, you know, where's your mom? I say, behold, the Queen of England. And she comes down dressed as Queen Victoria. That's amazing. Now, if you had any songs that have been inspired because of <laughs> real-life weirdness that you've come up with songs for? <laughs> so, um... Just because Straight Johnny is my most active band right now, Grease Creepers kind of play every Halloween because we're a Halloween group, and obviously that makes sense. Uh, I thought it was Easter. Bob, Bob's <laughs> plays a lot, too. but uh, Okay, so I'm always playing. But the, I have the most fun in Straight Johnny, obviously, and what we do is we uh, just in, in conversation, my friend's really good at being that guy. I'm sure you guys do it with your friends, too, going, oh, that'd be a really good band name, or that's a really good song name. Well, he writes them all down. And we have a tradition that will just pound like way too many, you know, G- Jenny Blacks. That's the homebrew here. Um, and then we'll try to write songs. Ooh. So <laughs> we wrote our first straight Johnny album based off of the titles uh, uh, Lend Me a Fag, Mother I'm a Cocksucker, um, Hitler Was a Power Bottom. That's a good one. Uh, I'm well, you only had one ball. That's eh, true, right? So. <laughs> I'm keen to fuck the queen. Um, it's just whatever you say when you're not thinking, right? I thought you had one about bopping the baloney. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. That was after watching the Dead Boys famous, like, clip at, um, CBGB's. 
Stiv uh, Bader ripping off bologna tape to his uh, chest and eating it and spitting it I on saw, people. I remember he played at Scourge years ago, and he cut the heck out of himself. Oh, my God. The guy was nuts. Yes. Lords of the New Church, Stiv Bader, he played with them. Dead Boys. Oh, man. Oh, boy. So that actually brings me to another thing. Influences for music. Who do you like, Claude? <laughs> well, obviously, old punk. Can you tell? Uh, no. You nah. said it. I've heard that you actually heard punk in a video game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what? That That's true. When I first got into... Okay, so I'll tell you the, the, the eras of Tom, because I have some good stories about it. So I was raised by my dad, and my music-wise, happy family, don't worry. <laughs> but uh, my dad had a big vinyl collection from the 60s, because he's a 60s guy. Loved The Doors, loved Cream, loved uh, uh, CCR, which is kind of what got me into the Creepers eventually. Uh, so I grew up listening to all this. You know, discovered Hendrix and the Woodstock album when I was like 10, got really into that. And then my mom worked as a school nurse, and a, there was an exchange from Germany, and the guy that taught English to the German kids stayed at my house. Now, he was a washed out, burnt out, most stereotypical punk you could have ever seen in your life from England. Comes into the house, looks at my, my iTunes, uh, Actually, it was LimeWire, if anyone yeah, remembers that. Yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't oh, iTunes back then. No, it wasn't. And uh, he slams down his portable hard drive and goes, everything you listen to is shite. And I go, what? You know, I'm like 12, so I'm already, he has all my attention. Like, he swore, haha. But, um, you know, he plugs in his hard drive and literally uploaded, like, the, the piece de resistance of alternative rock from, like, Iggy Pop and the MC5 and Velvet Underground all the way to, like, LCD Sound System. And that, like, was my music for the next, like, 10 years of my life. And uh, I went through phases. Like, Pixies is one of my favorite bands. I love, like, crazy stuff and Back nonsense. Back in the day, people would say I looked like Frank Black. <laughs> you do look Kyle, like well, Frank Kyle Black. Well, Kyle Gass was the big one. I had the nickname KG for years until I shrunk. Rob's just Frank Black, everybody. Look him up. Very good band, very good band. Very good band. And it's solo stuff, not so much, I don't think. <laughs> How's it going, fighting with the one person that made you famous, that uh, <laughs> bass player? Uh, oh, but uh, Kim Deal, wasn't it? Kim Deal, yeah. yep. I love it. When her. I saw them, they played at the auditorium a few years ago. I had to see them reunited. Kim Deal was not how you addressed the crowd. Uh, we played Toronto. We've never played Rochester before. It just seemed like a downer. It's like, oh, thank you. I'm glad I'm here. I feel real happy. <laughs> But I will say that I, I, I never saw the Pixies in my life because I never was much of a live concert goer until I started playing music out. I actually was like, you know, what's the point when you could get everything perfect in a recording? Well, that obviously changed. But um, I went at the Pixies came to Rochester, and my friend's like, this best show I've ever seen. The, the one at the Armory is the one you're talking yeah. about, right? Did I say auditorium? Well, it's across the street. Yeah, whatever, it's the same thing. <laughs> but I, I go and see Weezer and Pixies in Syracuse last a, a couple months ago. And Pixies were good, but without Kim Deal, yep. you can't It was a quite... raw deal to see that show. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. Oh, man. But, yeah, um, I, I, you know, you know, there's there's my history. I, I got into it, got out of it, started playing music again, realized I couldn't play music, went back to what I was listening to when I was 13, and I've been playing that kind of music ever since. Pixies influenced so <laughs> many. One of the big ones they influenced was Nirvana. Because, oh, yeah. Because of the stops and starts, because they're hard, they're soft. The dynamics, and yep, yep, yep. It's not about... The Pixies were brilliant because it wasn't so much about the... Simplicity was key. 
And then they really like proved that just by getting soft and loud and playing four chords, you could have something sound way more complex than just three-chord rock. Now, I admit, I've never really heard the Breeders. That's Kim Deal's band. Have you listen to them? They're pretty good. Um, I was dating a girl for a while that was like super into... Uh, into the breeders, so I, I listened to my fair share. <laughs> I had, I'll admit it, first album I ever got was the soundtrack to Grease. I got it at B Foreman's, Ooh. and I got a Spider Man album because it was signed by Spidey, who was actually Jonathan Frakes in an early job. But then I got into actually Rock and Roll High School, the movie yeah. by the Ramones. That's, I saw oh, them, God. and then I started. I just watched that recently. Yeah. How and does I, it hold up? Uh, it doesn't. Uh, it's not the as music is fine, but it's just. I saw ooh. PJ Souls last Halloween before your gig at the Bugs Yard. Oh, remember, that's I, sweet. remember, I popped in. Colin's oh, like, "Oh, I wanted to go to that." Right, I forgot <laughs> she was I in saw town. that she was there for Halloween, and she was talking about them. Said they they were nice enough. I mean, she didn't. She was an Eagles fan, so same kind of music. <laughs> that's awesome. But she said they were really nice, and I heard for a while. I've actually heard a story recently that Johnny stole Joey's girlfriend. They didn't speak for fifteen years. You know, there's reading about the Ramones is one of the most like stereotypical like band readings you could do, but it's amazing. It's always like <laughs> it's always like, well, Dee Dee was crazy and on drugs. Bass player's always nuts. Ah, the drummer. They went through like fifty and like Tommy was like the producer guy that's like just yeah, play this there was, I saw Richie play here. He was there, he was a guitar, he played for a couple years with mm-hmm. them. And they found him in a clothing store. But the story goes, I saw them. Back in the day, in between being drunk on vodka and lemonade, nice. I heard the story afterwards from somebody who was a sound guy that Joey and Johnny were feuding so bad, Johnny didn't even play. He was out there pretending, and they had a guy behind the amp playing for him. Oh, my God. You can't have anyone pretend to be Johnny, though. That must have went terrible. Johnny has the fastest hands that ever existed. Oh. I'm calling you out, metal musicians. You can't beat Johnny. All right. No, that's the real thing. It's true. A lot of metal sludgy, though. Yeah, they're trying to cover up how they have no precision. Johnny was the key of... You just try... It. I, I don't know how else to describe it, of, like, grab a Mountain Dew can or something. I don't know. Uh, and then try to, I don't know, <laughs> shake it in rhythm to the Ramones songs by only pushing down. It's the hardest thing in the world. I think their most underrated song to me, She Talks to Rainbows from Adios Amigos. You don't hear that one enough. And yeah. I guess they hate it on the airways, but I always my favorite was always something to do. I just hang out on Second yeah, Avenue. I just eating chicken vindaloo. How do you get that lyric? Because they're Cause goddamn they're, brilliant. Because they're probably hanging out on Second Avenue having a chicken vindaloo. <laughs> there is no, uh, there is no subtext to their songs. Their songs are uh, surface value. No, they're probably it's like you know what for this album we're going to chronicle everything we do. Okay. Well, crummy. Somebody put something in my drink. Well. <laughs> that never mind so there's a very good modern band called Park A Courts and they're like one of my favorites that's around now and they have an album uh, well the way they write lyrics is amazing and it's literally just like it reminds me of like that Ramones thing like it's clearly what they were doing during the day they have a song called Stoned and Starving and like literally the the words of the song is I was walking walking around Ridgewood Queens uh, thinking about eating like Swedish fish I was so stoned and starving and then it's like I was reading the ingredients, and he just walks you through. It's just this high guy, like, staring at a bag of Swedish fish. And that's the entire song. I heard somebody that's one time, funny. somebody did that's a song. Hilarious. All the song is is a parody of Zachary, who was a horror film host. All the song is is scary music with him reading the ingredients to rice pudding. That's amazing. Do you and know that, what? I would listen to that. Not going to lie. It's actually fun. It's on a 
plug time, whole lot of shaking soundtrack Ooh. by oh, old Mr. Del Rivers, who's been around for years on all that kind of stuff. Del Rivers? Yeah. Actually, he stole, the name, uh, he stole the name from uh, Del Shannon and Johnny Rivers. It's uh, not real, believe it or not. <gasps> dun, dun, my bubble is But burst. my buddy, my old buddy Kevin Wilcox, hi Kev out in Nevada, you get inspiration where you find it with his old band, the UV Rays. He introduced one song. This is a song. Oh, they are excellent. Mm-hmm. Talk about like cramps, that kind of punk stuff. Mm-hmm. But he introduced one song. This is a song about the time I peed my pants. <laughs> so it ain't always high art. It ain't always like reading James Joyce. Uh, no, it just reminds me of the old George Carlin bit about the truth in country music. It's like, you know, drinking beer, taking a shit, and passing out. It's like uh, the, the debut album. Can we just like take a moment here to say how how comedy has just only recently caught up to George Carlin. George Carlin was doing what everyone else is like. Everyone's like, Louis C.K. is so raw and real. Blah, well, blah, blah, blah. Then, he whipped, then he whipped his donger out. And Can't sue me, it happened. You know what? I still think his specials are funny. I could separate the art from the artist. I've been on a Bill Burr kick lately. Bill Burr is so good. Bill Burr is hilarious. <laughs> Although... I don't like his cartoon on Netflix. I really? Don't, you don't, I don't like it? I, I, I don't I'm like a fan. Family. I like it. You ever put any of these guys into your songs? You ever want to write a song about something they bring up? Oh, my God. I mean, the material for my music, it's just stream of consciousness. I never. I tried to make statements once. Nah. <laughs> stream of consciousness. That'd be a good album title. There you go. And we could have, like, a waterfall, maybe, like, Niagara Falls, stream of consciousness. That would be a good yeah. one. I mean, your ideas, they come from wherever. You might see something like that picture on the wall and write something about it. You know, I definitely went through, like, a phase for a while. Well, Grease Creepers, it's just trying to write horror stories. I mean, that's all it is. Like, you know, Mexico is about... Uh, smuggling cocaine over the border and everyone getting, like, shot and just, like, weird shit like that. Seems um, right. Yeah, I mean, four, five, six, eight, and 7 just being like, you're gonna die and there's no heaven or hell. You're just gonna die. Any Reverend Horton heat influence in there? Because I hear it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, you know, Reverend Horton heat, once again, once again, I'm, I'm probably the worst guy that represents Psychobilly because I did not know it until I was in the band and I thought it was so original. The reason, probably, that I sound like these people is because... My influences aren't the ones that made the genre. It's the people that they listen to to make the genre. All those guys like Ryan and Colin might have listened to them. Right, so they, they're able to like steer me in the direction, but I play the guitar like Revan Horton Heat because probably just like him, I wasn't listening to Psychobilly. I was listening to Johnny Cash and like, you know, Les Paul and like that, like those 50s guitars. That's those where guys I learned how to play like that. Those guys were bad dudes too. Yeah. You hear about them. Oh. Some of them were like George Jones. Oh, Keith Richards, I'm tough. No, you're not like George Jones. <laughs> Dude, if you really want to look at people that were fucking tough as hell, is the old blues musicians. Go back to, like, the 30s to, like, the 40s. Read about, like, Howlin' Wolf, Sun House, and it's, it's, um, maybe Lead Belly's my favorite. Uh, Lead Better does all these famous songs. He wrote House of the Rising Sun, quote-unquote, wrote, because in blues, you no one ever really writes a song. It just right. shows up one day. But, uh, and then everyone covers it to death. But he did House of the Rising Sun. He did Midnight Special. He did Irene Goodnight, the favorite of white country people the next decade. Um, but he wrote all these songs. Gets famous for it. 
his stories that he was in and out of prison because he was stabbing people to death, just, like, le- left and right. And it wasn't even, like, unjustly. Like, he was, like, the weird outlier. Like, he wasn't being in prison just because he was black. It's like, no, he everyone's, He just walked like, up and started stabbing somebody. Well, he's just a crazy killer. Like, you read about it, he, like, beat his wife or, like, kill. It's it's crazy. Wasn't Midnight Special the idea of you were in jail and you saw the light from the train and freed <laughs> yep. you or something? Yep. And one of my favorites was Robert Johnson. And they still Ooh, don't yeah. know how. He used to play with his back to the audience. Uh, you know why he went to the crossroads? We've heard this song. Mm-hmm. We've heard the story. Went to but the Howlin' Wolf made was a deal one of the best the... guitarists ever. Check him out. Was Herbert Sumlin who played for Howlin' Wolf? Oh, he was really... I er- love Herbert. Er- Sumlin. Er- Eric Clapton said during one concert in England when Howlin' Wolf was playing, "You have Herbert Sumlin. What do you need me for?" You know, you know Herbert Sumlin's tone. I like to ex- to explain it like this to people that are my age. Ready? Do you remember Ren and Stimpy's theme song? That's Hubert someone's tone. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that, you know, oh. I can hear it in my head now. Right, right. Alan yep. Wolf was really straight edge. I've read about him. They would play three-hour-plus shows. He'd be crawling on the floor. Oh, but he yeah. never he never drank, didn't smoke or anything. Are you kidding me? He was so he was he was also like the best family man of any. I love Alan Wolf. I, I do mean, try. This love is a him. shout out to my buddy Mike Clark down in North Carolina. Uh, Alan Wolf. We we would binge watch documentaries on him. We we wanted him to be like our dads. The Mr. Guy was Chester so cool. Burnett. And actually, I think Robert Plant ripped him off a lot. Well, who didn't Robert Plant rip off? Who didn't rock and roll musicians rip off? That's basically it. If you think about it, it's, yeah. they really is. Yeah, that's all. That's how music evolves. It's just they steal something and then. They don't want to seem like they stole it, so they put a little. But spin I remember, on it. I guess Muddy Waters, and he's another one who Keith Richards. He said you can't figure out his chords. But if you went to see a Howlin' Wolf show, you see over three hours of Howlin' Wolf crawling on the floor, screaming, doing screaming. But for Muddy Waters, he'd be in the audience. He played. There's an old club here called the Pithod Club. I guess he was in the audience having drinks with women. Then he'd come on do a couple. Songs go off, have the band play. Oh, John yeah. Mayle did the same thing when I saw him. Yeah, and then Miles Davis is famous for that, too. You know, walking to the side, having a cigar on the side of the stage. Different genre, but, well, Miles man, Davis, I wish I could do that. I wish <laughs> I always liked John Coltrane, but that's... Oh, those were the days, weren't they? <laughs> oh, they were. I'm glad I'm still... think I'd be dead now, but I would have saw them. Yeah. Mm. But that's all the good stuff like that. You know, even even the modern blues players, I, I haven't lived in, like they all died before I, I got into them. Like Junior Kimbrough, have you oh. ever heard of him? Great guy. Uh, Model T Ford, R.L. Burnside, they're all dead. They all die before you get to see <laughs> I'm them. Starting to feeling you're gonna start a blues band up soon. You know, that was another reason the Grease Creepers came around is because I wanted to play blues riffs for five hours, and it turned into a really fast psychobilly. Yeah, it seems yeah. like a I've seen that happen. Yeah, exactly. It just makes sense. You start being the BGs, you turn into the Ramones. <laughs> well, you know, let's listen to what we were just saying. I've always held this opinion that the punk attitude is the white people blues. Now, follow me on this one. We all got like a, a something that we do when you get put an instrument in your hand. When 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 it's uh, African Americans from from here, obviously they came up with blues. They came up with rhythm blues, R and B has a very unique style it's very raw and when you get down to the rawest form of that music it's the blues i think when you get down to the rawest form of what we do when you put a guitar in our hands it's a polka it's 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 polka i mean (laughs) i've listened to so much polka in my days i my dad's obsessed so we hear jimmy store molly b big joe's polka people laugh at it but i will say this about polka you can't be in a bad mood if you're listening to a polka song that is true you can't you have to do it because you're drunk 
Well, you have to do it though, Tom. You have to. Well, I'm miserable. I'm depressed. Accordion, you know. Yeah, bust out the accordion yeah, we just and get the pissed, clarinet. We don't get depressed. <laughs> bust out the accordion and the clarinet and everything. Comes I thought out. punk was a response to good old corporate rock in the day. It was to try to get back to like I don't have to. It's only three chords. It's like Duke Ellington said. There's good music and bad music. It's all about expressing a raw emotion. You don't want to have the orchestra playing for one song that runs forty minutes or something. <laughs> oh Why? God. Well, now I. Speak that uh, so you guys have seen a lot of people. I really haven't been to a lot of shows, but I've seen some interesting musicians back when I was living in Pittsburgh. Still, I saw Charlie Daniels play a concert at the Rosedale Fire Department just outside of where I lived. He didn't come on until the sun went down because, as he put it, I'm old, fat, and sweaty. Nice, and he it was awesome. I mean, so I got to hear Charlie Daniels. I saw Gordon Lightfoot play a free concert down the road from where my mom lives. <laughs> Edmonds Fitzgerald. I guess yeah, he when busted out the 12-string guitar and played the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. When people nice. pranked me, would be Gordon Hotfoot. Right. <laughs> yeah, but who was the biggest one you guys ever saw? I saw I saw, I'll tell you the craziest. Ryan Adams, easily. Ryan Adams is a country singer, sort of alternative country and I was warned when we went to see him. My friend said, this guy's kind of a case, so if we're going to go see the show, be warned. So we go see him. He plays three songs into his set. <laughs> I stopped taking my meds. He walks off stage. In trivia, I guess he lived in Rochester for a while. Hmm. But I can't say best. Ray Davies this summer, this, what am I saying, this century, I guess, played a show at the Trout, and he was really good. He's a singer from the Kinks. Ah, I love the Kinks so much. That would oh, be I sweet. Oh, I do, too. I like how they go from like being aggressive to like this like little folky country. Try doing this during one of your shows. Yeah. Try doing this. He balanced the glass of Guinness on his head while he was playing. It would work for Johnny if you could do it. <laughs> Johnny He's, can't balance well, anything. Johnny Johnny's would be spilling hammered. the Guinness all over. Yeah, not, <laughs> not with the clips I saw. That wouldn't last very long. No, no, no. John Johnny will put a cigarette on his arm. He won't balance the Guinness on his head. Oh, he could oh man. But uh, um, well, I think I think turn. the best the best musician I ever saw. Um, and it. You know what? Yeah, the greatest entertainer I ever saw was George Clinton in Parliament Funkadelic. Oh my God, worth every penny. That's got to be the greatest musician. They put I've on ever the seen. whole show because I've seen clips. Oh, of they them. did the whole show. They played at Funkin' Waffles, a venue around <laughs> here that has roots in Syracuse. Bought an old venue here called Water Street. That's very classic. Mm-hmm. And it was their first night. I think it was their first big night opening. And Parliament Funkadelic agreed to play, which is awesome. George Clinton just stood there like the king of funk. I don't even think if he's really cognizant of what's going well, on. because he is the king of funk. He can do whatever the hell he wants at this point. There was three generations. It's like the band just had kids, and then the kids had kids, and they all played on the stage together at one time. I mean, when you have a guy that's entire job in the band is to wear a Pinocchio nose, walk on his hands and stilts, in a fur jacket, and jerk off the Pinocchio nose at women in the audience, you're my favorite band that's ever existed. I would go see that. It, yeah, I would, I'd, I'd pay to see that. I'm not lying either. George Clinton, I love you. But One no, of the things about that, too, is I forgot what I was going to say. So, <laughs> well, no, the, I've Oh, told, I, I've got it, I've got it. It's amazing how cross-pollination happens. Do you realize bands like Parliament, Chic, all these bands... Those are the bands, people like Duff McKagan, they would play the bass lines. Cameo, because they said mm-hmm. those had the really heavy bass. Oh, yeah. So bands like Guns N' Roses and a lot of those harder bands, the bass players love these guys. 
Oh, if you're a bass player, you love funk because that's where the slap bass comes from. That's like the oh, rhythm the music. Bass. I mean, like if you're a drummer, you love metal because metal is like an explosion. Yeah. See, one of, you one know? of the things I've heard about metal, and I read a book called Fargo Rock Nation one time. It was about somebody growing up in South Dakota, North Dakota, one of the Dakotas, Dakota Fanning, I don't know, one of those. But he said that when you think about metal, it's frustrated suburban kids. Yeah. Okay, because I, I could see hanging at the mall listening to Iron Maiden and punk. That's when I got yeah. into punk too. And actually, there was a show called Night Flight that used to be on USA, and that's where they had a lot of these videos. That's why oh, I saw Lord. Black Flag, Night Flight. I remember that, and all those kind of things before we had the internet and stuff. I can't imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's a new Johnny song. I can't life, before the, life before the internet. I can't imagine that. Just <laughs> yell that I, for I couldn't two be minutes online, so I drank. Be a porn joke. Here we go. I couldn't watch videos, so I drank. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That seems about right. There you go. You don't have to give me credit for one line. I'm not Mike Love or whatever. So the one thing I was going to ask is one question I hate, and I'm not going to ask it, but I'll even answer it. They ask oh, musicians all the time. Is, is if you were on a desert island, what album would you have? And I would say, you can't play it anyways. <laughs> Don't ask me that stupid question. I mean, really, think like, about it. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go listen to this album. Well, if I had the technology, I'd call, use my phone, get off the island. But as a musician, what question would you like to answer if I've never been asked that people want to know about the music? Oh, you're flipping the script here. Um, Notice how I did that clever. Ooh, ooh, ooh classic. Ooh. So what would I want a person to ask me? Because I can't think of it. <laughs> and then answer it. Uh, since we, uh, since you've been asked it. Uh... uh, uh. What Where? is your favorite color? <laughs> what is I, your I guess I guess we'll do one for musicians out there. You could always just ask me what equipment do I use. Oh, what equipment sweater. do you use? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I know nothing about this. So, uh, I love me some single coils. I mean, if I'm playing guitar, I'm going to be playing myself uh, a Squire. Uh, <laughs> if I want to go real cheap, I like to play me, uh, you, know, you know, a Fender or a Tele or something with that nice crisp tone. I know it's considered cheap. I know studio people are like, Gibson all the way. Go to your humbuckers. I think you like what you like. You know, I like, I like what I like. And it I is. think about the one thing I have to leave a little neck note. Back in the day, I used to try to be in a band. We were called Gothic Toad. We stunk. But it was <laughs> That's fun. That's a great name, though. So that was the name was the best. But we went down to it was a music place in Greece, and I'm, I'm broke. I'm going to sell my amp. So I go down there. I figure I'll get $15. This guy comes out. Could have been David Lee Ross. Probably takes the amp. Hear him playing it. All feedback. Horrible. Comes out. Give you $75 for it. It's old. So I like that. And you nice. would hear different things. Like Rat would use PV. Somebody would swear oh, by yeah. this. So whatever you use, you use. I mean, the Sonic Youth. One of the, you know, like one of the, I'd say one of the most influential bands Tim of Gordon all time. Tim was born here. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I did not know that. Read her book. She says it was dark and gloomy. You know she knows. <laughs> Rochester. <laughs> that's Rochester. But uh, they were notorious for playing cheap $50, barely working guitars, and that's where their awesome sound came from. Did you ever so. see This Is Gonna Get Loud, where Jack White is Jack White, The Edge, Jack Jimmy White. Page, and he builds guitars? It's like I'm looking at this going, he's the last <laughs> cool person on earth. He's literally <laughs> building a guitar. I love watching that because it's just so funny staring at The Edge because you got you know Jimmy Page shredding out these blues, and you clearly capable of guitar player jack white could kind of hold his own and then you have like the edge he's like i've done arpeggios and digital effects for the last well, i could actually there's a good question that comes from that i saw a performer recently played guitar did everything else on the computer all the back how do you feel about that do you think that gets away from music or is it just heck it's new technology 
it's the genre, dude. I mean, like, what, what what's the notorious like band from Guitar Hero three through the fires and flames? Dragon Force. Dragon I think? Force. Yeah. Dragon Force. Like, there's an example of a guy that literally. They don't actually exist, you know. They don't, because he does exactly what you said. He plays like a few notes, and then he just goes on the computer and makes it. Is perfect. it gorillas like that? That band gorillas? Isn't it like a non-band where it's, all it is is it's like a made non-band, but they're something. like animated and. I you think hear they, Ray Davies in the song. I think if and they all perform this. in concert, they're behind screens mm-hmm. and it projects the cartoon character. Yeah, David. They had a, I'm a I'm a fan of their hit of all their hit song. Have you heard their uh, their hit song? There's two hit songs, sir. No, all their hit songs. I heard the one where it sounds Clint like Eastwood, Ray Davies. Feel Good Inc. I've heard Clint Eastwood. The other one I might have heard. I'll go look it up. Mm, they have a new album out, though. If you like if you like their old stuff, they're finally back to it. I really don't. No. I, but one thing that just blows my mind is uh, like transformation of bands. That you know, The one that <clears throat> leaps to my mind is... Uh, was it, uh, goddamn Chumbawamba? We think of them as that stupid song. Don't forget what they started as. They were like hardcore punk. Oh, when, really? When they first started. I didn't out. know that. I did not know that at all. They were weird. Unfortunately, I have that in my head because people would I'm do pretty it sure. karaoke all the time. I mean, we were drinking when we were discussing this, but I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's they started out in the punk realm and then they went to. Whatever the hell that song. Well, you know, I think Alanis my brain's Morrison, leaking out of my ears. Lannis <laughs> Morrison was a tea bopper hero in Tin Canada, I guess, before she did that. Yeah. Well, who knows what happened? <laughs> I do love Chumbawamba, though. I mean, do you know any other songs besides that one? Though? No, I just really like that one song. Like, uh, full disclosure, I grew up with three older sisters, so I was not in charge of the radio during ages. You know, I drink a whiskey drink. I drink a vodka drink, and when I, I have to pee, I use the kitchen sink. Well, the problem Family was guy. I actually did that at some bars. When uh, I heard it, I ordered the stuff from damn. when they did it. And I got knocked down after that, but I got back up. Oi, Gavalt. <laughs> well, on that one. So, with all your myriad of 353 bands, where do we find you? When are you performing next? Where are you performing? Who are all you performing? All your bands you're performing, if you uh, remember, too. Don't forget them. And, and where can the wonderful listening audience find you? Oh, he's pulling out his phone. I got to pull out the phone. I know when you're playing one gig, I think, because I just answered the thing yep, on Facebook. Yep. Hold on, hold on. Here Wait. we go. All right. So, if you want to see Straight Johnny and you want to be offended and enjoy being offended and see men in full drag and BDSM gear. Because uh, why not? Because why not? You know, it's we all like Rocky Horror. Um, Straight Johnny's playing its next show the 31st of August. So, that's this Friday at the Bug Jar. Their gig after that, if you can't make it, is that they are playing at Photo City here in Rochester um, on the 22nd of September. And then I think those are the best two for Straight Johnny. If you are more of a creeper and rockabilly and psychobilly kind of guy, come Halloween, we are coming out of the tomb and playing Lux here in Rochester the 5th of October. And then the 28th at Photo City... Um, for some two very awesome touring groups, uh, some nice feminist goth rock. Oh, uh, I can't remember their names, absolutely. though. Uh, but look them up. It's like Ritual something. And spirit well, something. and, you know, and speaking of looking well, up. Well, talk it, about, like, weird experiences. Did you get that Satanist card at a party? Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah I have my Satanist card out here. Uh, one of the great things about Rochester is people put out business Satanist cards. So come on down. Western New York Satanists that could be found at... Meet up Western New York Satanists. Free plug. We expect <laughs> and, to hear from you soon. I like, expect okay. to hear from you. Come on. 
and uh, Facebook at Western New York Satanist. So uh, there you go. I found your card and I enjoyed it. Any no. bobbing in the future? The bobs? Oh, the bobs. Yeah. The bobs. And you got to check out the bobs. I'm sorry to not give enough attention to the bobs. Praise the subgenius. It's crazy. All I do is they're the bobs. How could you not see a band called the bobs? Bobs. We're all called Bob. We look like Devo on cocaine. Um, <laughs> well then. Punk's Picnic. Uh... The September second. That's an amazing, amazing show for underground music. So that's Genesee Valley Park, isn't it? Yep, Genesee Valley Park. That's if if you want an experience that you won't get anywhere else. Punk's Picnic. That's for you, Will Carroll. Yeah, hi. Um, and then the other Bob's performance is Lux, twenty um, first of September, and that's the three active bands. You could find them all by name because, uh, well, Bob's will be a little tricky. Bob's Rock uh, is our Facebook. And then Bob's the Band. What's easier than that? Bob'sTheBand.com. You could find Bob's. What Bob's your band? Yep. Straight Johnny and the Gash Goblins. Um, the best kept secret in Rochester. We have nothing. You'll just have to find me being weird one day. Uh, I saw him on YouTube. Yeah, Somebody recorded you, and <laughs> it was entertaining. That... Yep, that's Tommy Francis, that weirdo. And then, uh, and then Grease Creepers. That's easy to find. Type in Grease Creeper anywhere online. You're going to get the the SoundCloud, the Bandcamp, the Facebook. Uh, all the albums are up on Bandcamp for each one of those groups. I'm in the studio recording the second album for the Grease Creepers. That should be coming out in Halloween, uh, if all goes right. I'm in the studio recording um, Straight Johnny's first uh, thing. Um, Bob's is also recording their first album, uh, mainly at Watchman Studios. There's a plug for you, Doug. Do you have your title yet? Because I thought of one, Bobbing for Apples. Bobbing for Apples? Uh, no, we have no idea. We know Stay Creepy is the name of the uh, oh. the new Grease Creeper one, though. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I think Straight Johnny's going to be called Live from Queen Elizabeth's Sex Dungeon. Oh, see, so, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, there you go, folks. There's a bunch of good new music so to listen to. check all that stuff out. Well, one of the things is, because we've been talking about drinking in bands, I want to do a shout-out. There's a place called Homestead for Hope on 2185 Manitowoc Road. It's where the old Broncos is. And believe it or not, every Saturday in September, I'm going to be doing yoga. And yoga classes start, they run from 10 to 11, and from 11.15 to 12.15, $15 each. Uh, if you want to just come and laugh at me, say hi to Melinda. She's a really good instructor, and I thought I'd shout some help because we need it. And don't we have another sponsor? Yep, still sponsored. We haven't pissed them off yet. Still sponsored by the our wonderful friends at Upset Nick and Associates Law Offices, working for the you, the people, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and all points in between. Find them on Facebook. Opsitnik and Associates, O-P-S-I-T-N-I-C-K. Hard last name, but it's spelled exactly like it's pronounced. What else? You, and on, find us. Find us. You can Google us. Carnival of Randomness. We're on iTunes. We're on Spreaker. Should be on Google very soon. And I think I see Elvis coming back from having a golden nugget good sandwich. If you don't know, is a whole slice of bread, jelly, and a pound of bacon, and you're amazed that he's mm. dead. So we're going to take leave now. So this is Rob. Thanks for tuning in. There's Zach, and thank you very much, Tommy. And Thanks, we're man. going to leave you with a little bit of Fat Dead Elvis. Here's intro and Fat Dead Elvis from Grease Creepers. Thanks a lot. See you next time. Elvis has left the building. That be that. Some people say that the king of rock and roll is dead. But I know that just me. Because 
Let's go!